Well, I was going to go a different direction tonight, but as a pastor was preaching this morning and then as I was praying this afternoon, I just really felt like I was supposed to talk about the blood. I talk about it from time to time. It's been a couple of years, I think, since we did a message on it. So tonight we are going to talk about faith in the blood of Jesus. If you were not here this morning, you need to get that CD or go online and listen to both services. They came out a little bit different. He had a little bit more time, Pastor Mark, in the 9 a.m. service to, to teach. And we had an awesome move and great teaching in the 11 a.m. service. So it would be worth listening to both of those. But his title today was Overall. That we are overall, and let, just to summarize it, we're overall all the works of the devil. And one of the things that he asked us to do during his message was to name some of the weapons that Jesus has given to us. Of course, we have the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit that is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We have the name of Jesus that is above every name. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. And when he asked that today, the thing that came up in my heart, the blood, the blood. We have the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. The couple of weeks, well, it was for three weeks in a row. I haven't taught the last two Sunday nights, but for three weeks in a row, we had talked about the angels of God and how they are there to help us and to assist us and to bring protection. Amen. And that just all fits in together. Like Pastor said, we are praying and we will pray more on Wednesday night. We will pray a little at the end of the service today. Concerning 9-11, we are in faith. That came up so strong again as he was uh, preaching this morning that we are in faith, we are not in fear. And we can be in faith because we have the Word of God. We can be in faith because we know the promises of the Word. We have the name of Jesus. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have power in the blood of the Lamb. The precious blood of Jesus. You know, even in the natural, blood is a life-giving force. If you have no blood, guess what? You're dead. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Even our blood in the natural, it speaks of what's going on in our physical body. We just had our, our children here, and, and all of you probably had heard that, that Esther's, she's almost, uh, almost what, 12 weeks pregnant. So right before they came, they went to this doctor's appointment, and it's kind of funny, but anyhow, she's 36 years old. And so they told her, because you're over 35, you're a high-risk Pregnancy, And they took like seven vials of blood. They were doing all of these tests for the baby, tests for this, tests for that. Well, I'm happy to report all is well. Glory to God. We knew that without them taking all of that blood. They were looking for something wrong, but nothing is wrong. All is well. But it got me to thinking about when you go to the doctor, they can tell so much about our bodies through our blood. 
They can tell if you have any kind of viruses. They can tell certain diseases. They can tell if your cholesterol is too high. They can tell if you have too much sugar levels in your blood. They can probably even tell how many cookies you ate this week. I'm not sure. Our blood is like a printout of what's going on in our physical bodies. Well, you know the blood of Jesus is a printout. For what he has done for us. We're going to talk tonight about some of the things that we have through the blood of Jesus. I'm going to list some for you. We'll only have time tonight to talk about three. But did you know that the blood of Jesus, it speaks. It speaks of our redemption. How many in here tonight are redeemed? Redeemed, redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by what? The blood of the Lamb. The blood speaks of reconciling power. We are reconciled. We are put into right standing with the Lord Jesus Christ through the work of the blood. How about this one? The blood speaks of cleansing power. Are you washed? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you cleansed in that fountain filled with blood. Aren't you glad that your sins have been made whiter than snow? There is a fountain filled with blood and we come and we are cleansed by the power of the blood. Our sins are washed away. We're brand new creations and I'm thankful for that. The blood has pacifying power. What does that mean? The blood speaks of us being righteous. When the enemy comes and tries to say, no, they did this, no, they did that, the blood pacifies, the blood settles settles the sin question. The old account was settled long ago. Hallelujah. And I'm glad to say I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. How about the keeping power? The blood of God has power. The blood of Jesus has power to keep us, to keep us from falling, to keep us from stumbling and falling over the same thing, getting tripped up over the same temptations, yielding to the same sins. You can look up verses on that. The blood will keep you. The blood will cause you to stand. The blood will make us what we ought to be. Amen? And then these three we're going to talk about tonight. The blood has emboldening power. The blood has protecting power. The blood has overcoming power. I heard Billy Brim say this years ago, and it stuck with me. I'll never forget it. Make much of the blood, and the blood will make much of you. Too many people don't want to talk about the blood of Jesus. But without the shedding of blood, there is no redemption of sin. That's why in the Old Covenant, they had to make sacrifices. They had to shed the blood of pure little animals and little fluffy and little sheep, precious little sheep. That was a sign, a token of what was to come, that there would be a lamb the Lamb of God, 
sinless, spotless Lamb of God that would take the place. And once he was nailed to that cross, once his precious blood was poured out, no other little lamb needed to ever give their life again. He was the perfect lamb. He is the perfect lamb of God that was slain for us. And we make much of the sacrifice that he made. We make much of his precious blood, every little drop that spilled out. You know what it was doing? It was saying, redeemed, redeemed. Every drop of blood that came out of his precious body was saying, they're healed, they're redeemed, they're restored, they're purchased. That's what redemption means. Redemption means to be bought back. To be purchased. You and I were not purchased with silver and with gold. But we were purchased with the precious blood of the Lamb. And I'm thankful. How about you? Let's just raise our hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your precious shed blood. Hallelujah. And that blood... Emboldening power. What does emboldening mean? It literally just means boldness. Boldness. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 and 22. We'll be looking most, mostly in the New King James tonight. Hebrews 10, 19 and 20, through 22. Therefore, brethren, having, say it with me, boldness to enter the holiest By what? By our good works? By our good looks? By our deeds? No. What gives us boldness to enter the holiest of holies? The blood. The blood of Jesus. In verse 20. By a new and a living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us, verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure blood. The devil loves to remind people of their failures. He loves to keep people sin conscious and lack conscious. And you aren't worthy conscious. Pastor said it this morning. Condemnation is the confidence killer. Killer. The devil inspired this phrase through religious spirits. Un worthy worm. That term isn't in the Bible, but religion came up with it to sound like real pious. Well, I'm just an unworthy worm. You are not unworthy and you are not a worm. A worm is related to a snake. That's why the devil inspired that. Though a worm is nothing more than fish bait. 
thy worm is the lowest of the lows. Did anybody else ever dissect a worm in biology? You know what's inside of a worm? Dirt. Dirt. Because they eat dirt. They dwell. They're dirt dwellers and they're dirt eaters. You are not a dirt dweller. You are not a dirt eater. We are not meant to crawl through life or to crawl into the throne room. This verse that we just read, what did it say? It said, we draw near with a true heart, full assurance of faith. Fully confident that we belong there. We're not unworthy. Jesus does not make you an unworthy creature. All of us, in our own righteousness, our own righteousness is as filthy rags. I'm not arguing that. Our own works are dead. But He has made us righteous. He has given us access to come to the throne room of grace by the blood of the Lamb. Because of the power in the blood, we can draw near. We can enter this place called grace. Throne room of grace. Hebrews 4.16, doesn't it say? Let us therefore come boldly. Come how? We're talking about the blood emboldens us. The blood causes us to be bold. Let us come boldly to the throne room of grace that we may obtain what? Mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We all need help. We all need grace. We all need mercy. But it's been a trick of the enemy to keep us from coming boldly to get it. He'll beat us up and say, you're not worthy. You're not righteous. He doesn't love you. You can't come into his presence. Listen, we're not meant to crawl into the throne room of grace. We are created in his likeness and in his image. We are righteous and we are to come boldly. Not arrogantly, not like, well, God, do you know who I am? Do you know who you're talking to? I'm going to give you some time today, God. Aren't you blessed? No, not arrogant, but bold based on who we are in Him and based on what He has done. It's religion that stills fear into people about approaching God. This verse Hebrews 4.16, you don't have to pull it up. But in the Amplified, it says we are to come fearlessly, confidently, and boldly. Fearlessly. But see, religion instills this fear in people. This fear that you didn't pray enough. You didn't repent enough. You didn't do enough Hail Marys or whatever. You did not do enough works. You, you, you. It tries to put it all on us. But our works are like filthy rags. Nobody can obtain grace and mercy in and of ourselves. Again, that's what religion will try to put this fear in people. You didn't do enough. 
And you know what fear leads to? Fear leads to torment. There are people that really in their hearts they love God, but in their souls they're tormented because they don't have the truth of in Him redemptive revelation. There are people today and yesterday probably that sat in churches and they went there, some out of religious duty, but some out of because in their heart they love God. But they left tormented thinking, oh, I still, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I were to die. I don't know if I'm going to go to heaven or not. That's not how it's supposed to be. When we have faith in the blood We come boldly and we come, like it said, with full assurance. And we come full of peace. To illustrate this, the importance of the blood. I heard a a, a minister tell this story. This woman, she'd come out of a really rough lifestyle. She hadn't been born again very long. And she had this dream. She was standing at heaven's gate in, in this line, and all these people were in front of her. And the person, the angel, whoever it was at the gate, was saying, why should you be allowed to enter in? So she's listening. This first man said, I should be allowed to enter in because I went to church every Sunday. This angel said, no entrance Granted, this lady then walks up there. Why should you be allowed to enter in? She said, I taught Sunday school. This angel said, no entrance granted. Then this man right in front of this woman having a dream, he was next. The angel said, why should you be allowed to enter in? He said, I gave to good charitable works. The angel said, no entrance allowed so this lady it's her turn in this dream and she's in her mind she's thinking what am I going to say I haven't gone to church every Sunday I didn't teach Sunday school I haven't given to good works I just got saved and all I ever did was be a hippie what am I going to say so she steps up there it's her turn thinking in her mind what am I going to say and out of her mouth she heard herself say when the angel said why should you be granted entrance She said, I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. I plead the blood. And the angel said, entrance granted. Hallelujah. And that baby Christian woke up with the revelation. It's not about what I've done in my past. It's about what the blood has made me to be. Hallelujah. The blood will make me all I need to be. Hallelujah. The blood grants me access to the throne room of grace. And when I have access, I can tap in to anything I'll ever need. When I know I've got access granted, I can tap into healing. I can tap into peace. I can tap into prosperity. Because I've been given free access. How many of you would join in that lady and say, I with that lady, I plead the blood. That's why I have entrance. That's why I come boldly. That's why I have full assurance. It's in the blood. Hallelujah. Glory 
Now, the blood also has protecting power. Protecting power and overcoming power are closely related. The first mention of the blood bringing protection is found in Exodus chapter 12. This is the chapter where the children of Israel were leaving Egypt. There had been various plagues brought upon Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And it came down to the last plague. You know what the last plague was? The firstborn of every family is going to die. The firstborn of every cow is going to die. I mean, it was the livestock, it was the families, it was everyone. But Moses was given instruction. There was a remedy for the children of Israel not to partake of this plague. And it was to apply the blood. Applying the blood brought protection to every one of their households. This is not by accident that this is in the Bible. It's the first mention of the blood bringing protection. Let's look at a few verses. Let's look at verse 13. Now the blood, actually, let's look at verse 13. I don't know if I gave you that one. Exodus 22, verse 13. Exodus 12, 13. We'll get it right. Exodus 12, 13. If you could pull it up, otherwise I'll just read it. Now the blood shall be a sign, a sign for you on the houses where you are. This is real important. Exodus 12, 13. If y'all could pull it up or you guys have Bibles, I want you to see that. Now the blood shall be a sign for you. For you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I shall pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. You know, a lot of hymns were inspired out of the blood verses that I'm reading tonight. And that's a good thing. We ought to sing more about the blood of the Lamb. We used to sing a song, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass. I will pass over you. The devil, when he sees the blood, has to pass. He's got to pass over us. In this passage of Scripture, the blood was a token. The blood was a symbol. And it was symbolic of the blood of Jesus to come. Now we'll look at verse 22, Exodus 12, 22. And this is how they were to apply that blood. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop. Dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. Verse 23. For the Lord will pass through and strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood... On the lintel and the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your house. Woo! Power in the blood. The blood was a sign. It was a sign to Israel that they were safe. 
It was a sign. I like how it calls him the destroyer. It was a sign to the destroyer that he could not touch their house. The blood was a sign to the destroyer that he had to pass on by. That house couldn't touch it. Hallelujah. Maybe that's where that original song, Can't Touch This, came from. Hallelujah. (laughs) Woo. Can't touch this, devil. You can't touch me. You can't touch my household. You can't touch my family. That blood spoke to the destroyer, that blood of a lamb. But we have the blood of the lamb. And the blood of the lamb is still speaking today. And it speaks to Satan, the destroyer. And it speaks to him of his defeat. It tells him, you've got limitations. It tells him, you've got boundaries. It tells him, you are doomed if you try to touch this believer. Hallelujah! The blood speaks. The blood has to be applied, though. They applied it. Let me show you this verse over in Philippians chapter 1, verse 22, out of the Amplified. This is where we're at right now, today. We do not have to fear the enemy. We do not have to fear bad news. We do not have to fear terrorist attacks. We have to speak faith-filled words. We have to be watchmen on our wall. We have to take our posts. We have to pray. But we do it all in faith. And we do it knowing that the enemy is defeated. That the destroyer... Don't you like that? I like how it says, The destroyer couldn't touch this house. The destroyer had to pass on by. Hallelujah. Glory. Now, this is a sign to him as well. And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents or your adversaries. For such consistency and fearlessness will be a clear sign. See, we talked about this already, that we are fearless. We are emboldened. We are bold. And that in itself is a clear sign. It's proof and seal to them of their impending destruction. But it's a sure token and it's an evidence to us of our deliverance and our salvation. Just like that blood over the doorpost. It was a sure sign to them of their protection. But it was also a sure sign to the destroyer of his impending defeat. He tried to keep the children of Israel in bondage and in slavery. But he knew this was it. Once this last plague happened, they were free. They were leaving that place a bondage. The blood is a sign. The blood is a token of our protection. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now with the children of Israel, there were two things that they had to do. There was 
a criteria that they had to do. First of all, it said you're to stay in your house. No one is to leave their house. If an eldest son left this house, he wasn't under the protection. They had to stay in a place of safety. You know what that is for us? That is a word for us. There is a place of safety. It's under the blood. Stay under the blood. Stay in covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. Stay in a local church that God has hooked you up with. This place, not because we're here, but because it's dedicated to the Lord. Did you know that heart of the bay is an ark of safety? It's an ark of safety. This is a place that the hand of the Lord is on for good. This is a place that is covered with the blood of Jesus. And the angels of the Lord are encamped round about this place. I want to encourage you, like he said to them, stay in your house. Stay in a local church. If it's not this one, find one that you can hook up with. Stay connected with like-minded believers. There is safety in being in the right place at the right time. Lester Summerall said this years ago, the first banana that leaves the bunch is the first one to get peeled. Stay with the bunch that God has connected you with. Neither give place to the devil by going outside, outside the family of God, outside putting one foot in the world, flirting with the world, seeing how much, how far you can go and still stay saved. That is the dumbest question I have ever been asked. How far can you go? How much of the world can you do and still be saved? Listen, I'm not trying to get out. I'm trying to get in. How much of Jesus can you get in? Don't see how far you can stay connected to the world and still be a little bit saved. No! Stay fully Connected. Stay in the house of the Lord. Your very life, your family's life might depend on it. Neither give place to the devil. Well, that was a little extra. won't cost you anything, but you know, I believe it's a word for somebody. Stay connected. There's safety in the ark of the Lord. If you're hanging on the outside of the ark and a big flood, a big wave comes, you might be swept off. Stay in the ark of safety. And then they were told exactly how to apply the blood. How do we apply the blood? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'll tell you. According to the word, it's our last point. There's overcoming power in the blood. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God 
and the power of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God, day and night has been cast down. That's going to be a glorious day. Woo, I'm looking forward to that day when we're standing before the throne room of grace and God Almighty says the accuser of the brethren, you're cast down. You are cast into eternal torment. But the point of this passage is this, that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He's like the prosecuting attorney. And it's interesting that it says he accuses the brethren day and night. Why do you think he accuses the believers day and night? Because he is trying to drown out the blood crying out day and night, forgiven, washed, redeemed, mercy, righteous. You know, the blood speaks. The blood cries out, forgiven, washed, mercy, mercy, mercy. So the devil, he tries to come to the throne room of grace and he's hearing the blood going, mercy, 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 mercy. So then he sneaks up there and says, yeah, but do you know what Pastor Tom did? You know what he did last week? Do you know that he talked ugly to Pastor Kimberly and all that? But the blood is screaming, mercy, mercy. And I know for sure the blood is drowning out his accusations. That's why he's accusing day and night because he's trying to get one in before the blood starts screaming out a grin, crying out, forgiven, forgiven, righteous, righteous. So every time he tries to say, Reuben was a bad boy. Reuben didn't help his pregnant wife do the laundry. The blood says, forgiven. Hopefully Sabrina says, forgiven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the blood, for its overcoming power, overcomes all the works of the enemy. The devil hates us, but so what? I'm not very fond of him either. We're going to look at verse 11, but let's skip down to verse 12. I need to pull this one up. Revelation 12, 12. This is him trying to be a good devil, being good at being a devil, but his days are numbered. Hallelujah. Verse 12 says, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath. And this is why things are heating up in the earth. You know why? He doesn't know everything, but he knows that he has a short time. So he's stirring things up. He's stirring things up in the nations of the earth. He's stirring things up in the hearts of people that are serving him. He's the one that's behind every kind of terrorist plot or scheme. He's the one that was behind the attack on our nation on 9-11. Why? He hates the church. 
He hates our nation. And he knows that his time is short. So he's trying to put more pressure, more pressure on people to yield to him. He's trying to get more evil thoughts into the hearts of people that are over on his side. But folks, even though he might have great wrath in his time, his time is short. Praise God, we got great power. We got great authority over him. Hallelujah. His Roman days are coming to an end. His days of putting evil thoughts in people's minds are coming to the end. His time is short. Glory to God. And in the meantime, the blood is speaking. And it is speaking. Let me just tell you this. This is so cool. I I don't know. A few years ago, the Lord spoke this to my heart. This is what the blood speaks. It speaks to God. It speaks to the believer. And it speaks to the devil. This is what the blood speaks to God. It speaks. Their sins are cleansed. It speaks mercy. It speaks to God that they are redeemed. It speaks that there is power in the blood. It speaks there is fulfillment of the covenant. This is what the blood speaks to you and me, just some of it. It speaks, I'm delivered. It speaks, I've been born again. The blood speaks wholeness. The blood speaks healing. The blood speaks victory. The blood speaks protection. The blood speaks freedom. Hallelujah. And then I love this. This is what the blood speaks to the devil. It speaks defeat. It speaks destroyed. It speaks beat up. It speaks destruction. It speaks doom. It speaks whooped. And it speaks loser. He will always be a loser. He was never a match for the power in the blood. Now we've been saying the blood has overcoming power. The blood speaks of these wonderful things. How do we apply that overcoming power? How do we apply that protecting power? Well, the answer is found obviously in verse 11 of Hebrews chapter 12. Let's read it together if you can pull that up. I mean of Revelation. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. Let's read this together. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. They overcame him how? The blood, the blood, the blood, and the word of their testimony. Just like everything that is our redemptive revelation, our redemptive rights. We have to open our mouth. You have to say, I'm the healed. My God meets all of my needs through his riches and glory. I have the mind of Christ, the peace of God that passeth all understanding. It is mine. We have to speak and we have to say, I overcome. Everybody say it. I overcome 
by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. This is how we do it. We say, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. Just like that lady in her dream. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. Plead literally means to contend, to conduct a legal case. We have a legal right because of what Jesus has done to say, I plead the blood. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Thank you, Lord. There's power. Power. Power in the blood of the Lamb. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now the blood of Jesus. Go ahead, honey. You got something? The blood of Jesus forms a hedge of protection when we begin to plead it. A hedge of protection around you, your family, and around our nation. A story was told of this man. He was a minister, and he was, it was years ago. And him and his wife were away ministering, and they had some property somewhere down in the south, a lot of acreage. And, and they got this telegraph that said, you know, there's wild animals around here, and they have rabies. Your kids are out and about, and we're concerned about it. And the minister said, oh, no, don't be concerned. And him and his wife, he got up in the middle of the night, and he said, I draw a bloodline around my property. Every inch of my property, I draw a bloodline. There's not one animal that has rabies that's going to cross onto my property and bite any of my children or any of my animals. When him and his wife got home, he went out to walk the property. And right at the fence were several wolves and coyotes dead right with their nose at the fence line. And they tested them and they all had rabies. They couldn't cross. The bloodline. Hallelujah. So right now, will you agree with me? Honey, do you have something else first? Let's all just do this. Let's say this. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. It has overcoming power to defeat you. There is power in the blood to bring us great protection. So in the name of Jesus, we plead the blood of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus over our nation. We put the blood of Jesus around every border. Coast to coast. Every city, every state, covered in the blood. Satan, you cannot and you will not cross the bloodline. This is our nation. This is our territory. We have authority. And we use our authority given to us in the name of Jesus. 
and we use the power in the blood. Thank you, Lord, for great protection over our nation. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Hallelujah. Let's thank Him. We thank you, Lord.